Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Indie Dev Life podcast, a show about the ins and outs of independent software development. My name is Brian, and I am an independent developer. So today, for the first time, we're actually going to dive into some nitty-gritty technical details. So far, we focused on a lot more motivational or business or design-oriented aspects of software and building a software business. But today, I wanted to kind of talk about some more technical things. Specifically, I wanted to talk about distributed systems and distributed computing. I might sound a little bit academic or a bit technical or something that's not normally in the scope of most web software, but it really is. What I mean when I say distributed computing is basically any software application that does anything outside of a normal request response cycle. So for example, if your application sends reminder emails to users periodically, that's an example of something happening outside of the request response cycle. And you can handle those kinds of things a number of different ways. The simplest is with things like cron. But most modern web applications involve some sort of queuing system and distributed computing. Personally, I've found working with the distributed or asynchronous aspects of web development to be one of the most fun, but also one of the most challenging parts. Because when you're building normal web applications that respond within like a request response, you receive some request, you send some response, everything is really deterministic. And that makes it very predictable. You know, I send X request with these parameters, I should get Y response. But distributed computing and asynchronous processing and any sort of multitasking, whether that's multiprocessing or multithreading on on your phone or using a queuing system and a bunch of worker nodes on the web, the moment you get into that kind of programming, the predictability and the determinism of your system and of your software changes a lot. And it can actually be really hard to predict what your software will do in a given circumstance. In my applications, uh, I do a lot of multi-threading in iOS. Um, That's actually a little bit less interesting for this particular discussion. Um, I've talked about that kind of multitasking at length on my blog when I've talked about NS operation. But on the web, with both Pine.blog and 99s, and to some extent with d20.photos, all of these applications involve some sort of asynchronous processing. I send emails in the background. For d20.photos, I do image compression asynchronously. Uh, The entire approval process and submission process involves a lot of background processing. 99s obviously does all of its uptime monitoring in the background. And Pine.blog does web mentions and feed parsing and timeline construction and all kinds of other things in the background, as well as payment processing and admin emails and all kinds of other things. I've learned how to overcome two really important problems in doing all of this work. Other than handling failure and retrying and data integrity problems and other things that come when you have multiple asynchronous tasks happening on the same data at once, there are two really big problems that you can encounter when you're doing this kind of work. And they can be really frustrating and counterintuitive to solve in a lot of ways. And so while I have found that most of the kinds of problems with like data integrity problems or stale data or or things like that can be solved fairly easily using modern tooling. Two of these problems specifically really aren't solvable by tooling. They're solvable with the way you design your systems. So to talk about these, I want to talk about pine.blog because that's actually where most of these problems come up. So the two main problems I've found are with throughput and with feedback. Before we can dive into those, though, I do want to talk about a little bit how these systems and pine.blog specifically are configured. So the way these asynchronous processing systems work is that you have some either scheduler or a request that comes in that kicks off work for later. And then you have a series of workers, which are just other servers or other processes that are watching a queue. And whenever there is work to be done, they take that work, they do it, and then they save their results somewhere. 
For plan.blog, the easiest example of this is feed parsing. In order to add something to somebody's timeline, plan.blog needs to check and see if the RSS feeds they follow have changed. The only way to do this is to request the feed periodically, parse it, check to see if I already have any of the items that are in the feed, and if I don't, then create new ones for the new items. Pine.blog has a lot of feeds to parse, partly because of the feed directory, um, but also because users follow a lot of feeds. And a feed is parsed every 15 minutes, on average. If a feed has no one subscribed to it, like it's just in the feed directory, but no one is currently following it, then it's only parsed once a day. And there are some other gray areas for if the only people following a given feed aren't really active on Pine, then the feed is parsed slightly less often because the user probably won't see it. But overall, feeds are parsed either every hour or every 15 minutes, depending on the criteria. in order to kind of space out those tasks so that every 15 minutes there isn't a giant influx of new feeds, every five minutes I have a task that runs that says, whatever hasn't been updated in the last 15 minutes, go update it. And I do that every five minutes. And that basically means that the every 15 minute load is spread out evenly. So if there were a thousand posts or a thousand feeds every 15 minutes that need to be parsed, they would be spaced out into 333 every five minutes, which just makes it spread more evenly. The load is spread more evenly among all the servers. And so there's never a huge backlog, but there's also just more utilization of the servers. Otherwise, they'd be sitting not doing anything for most of that time. And right now, they're always parsing a little bit. Now, you can organize your tasks into queues. So there's the master queue, but there's also, you can create separate queues. So for example, all the feed parsing is done in a feeds queue. There's also a timeline construction queue. There's a user data management queue. There's a payments queue. There's a site updating queue for uh, anything that needs to like parse the HTML of any associated site. Like if you're importing a site, there's a queue for handling web mentions and all kinds of different things. So you can separate these queues out logically by whatever criteria you want. And then you have workers that are watching each of these queues. You can set a worker to watch just one or watch a bunch and they go off and and do the work when they need to. And different tasks can have different priorities. Fundamentally, though, you can only accomplish as much work as you have servers to do that work. And so Pine.blog has four main workers. There are four Linode servers and they watch the queue all the time and do whatever needs to be done. Now, that's your fundamental limit on throughput. The only way to increase that throughput is to add more servers. Obviously, that can get expensive or that can be require configuration, manual configuration on your part. So most of the time, I don't add new servers. I have occasionally and I've removed some occasionally, but most of the time it's just a standard constant. And what that means is if somebody comes in and imports, you know, a thousand feeds, like they're importing their OPML subscriptions from another feed reader, then not only am I now having to parse those thousand feeds, I'm also having to parse every feed I was normally going to be parsing. And this can cause throughput problems because the four workers that were doing all that work were usually pretty occupied doing all the feed parsing that pine.blog normally does. So now you have a problem where the feeds queue can start to back up. For example, you may have a couple hundred items on the queue and the workers are doing it, but then people keep adding new things or subscribing to new things and it causes the queue to back up. Now, over time, this usually resolves itself. Uh, But if, for example, items are not parsed within 15 minutes, then whenever that every five minute task runs, it will say, oh, feeds that are currently in the queue waiting to be processed still haven't been parsed. So let me throw them on the queue again. And so then your queue starts to back up and never actually clears because you essentially have items in the queue duplicated. And every five minutes, more and more things are not getting marked as resolved and they're getting re-added again. And this is what I mean by your throughput problem. The queue starts to back up because you don't have enough to handle the spikes. So Pine.blog has long handled this by right before when a task is received, but right before it starts actually parsing it, it checks to see like, hey, when was the last time this was actually parsed? And was this parsed recently? And if the answer is yes, then it just marks the task is done without reparsing the feed. This also prevents websites from seeing their feed parsed by Pine.blog multiple times over that 15 minute span and says, no, it's only going to be parsed once every 15 minutes.
And that works really well, but it doesn't prevent the queue from backing up. It just helps it flush out easier because the tasks are still in the queue. They're just getting marked as resolved a lot faster when they are actually handled. So this has actually ended up causing a problem where the queue goes from having 30 things in it to having 3,000 things in it to having 30,000 things in it as it slowly stacks up. And then all of a sudden it goes down to zero as everything marks as resolved super quickly. That's obviously not ideal, because it's not repeating the work, but the queue is still getting backed up for no reason, and it can cause other things to happen slower. Because remember, there's only four servers, and all the servers are handling all of the events. So for example, if the feeds queue is taking up all of the time, any new posts that are getting discovered are not getting inserted into people's timelines, because the process of building those timelines is also an asynchronous task in the another queue that's waiting for free time on the servers to execute. But they can't, because there's too many feeds tasks. You can solve a lot of this with priorities for each task, so that timeline construction always takes priority over feed parsing, for example. But fundamentally, you're limited there. Now, the feeds queue is just feed parsing, and like I said, the feed parsing will just be repeated in five minutes. So a simple hack I've been using a lot of the time is to simply just dump the queue, just flush it out and and mark everything as deleted. Because if the queue gets up to 50,000 things, it's not going to be able to clear out effectively, backing up everything else. But also, in five minutes, everything that wasn't actually parsed and wasn't duplicated is just going to be added back again. But that's obviously a very crude scenario and only works because I happen to know that anything in that specific queue is not critical. This used to happen a lot, and so I started coding around it, adding things like, you know, if the feed has been parsed recently, check check the feed's last updated time before you start parsing, and things like that. And I also instituted an alert system, so the queue actually monitors itself and then sends me push notifications whenever it's backed up, which has been super helpful, because it kind of gives me a sense of, oh, now I know when the system is misbehaving when I don't have to check it. And that has worked really well for a couple years now, but occasionally the issue of somebody coming in and spiking a bunch of load by importing a bunch of stuff still causes backups, and I I don't want to have to manually deal with that every time somebody imports a massive file, which actually happened over the weekend. So one of the things that I added uh, just today, actually, is that that task that, that runs every five minutes that adds a bunch of stuff to the queue, before it does that now, it actually checks to see, is the number of things in the queue over some limit? And if it is, then just skip parsing for five more minutes. As I said, everything is parsed every 15 minutes. So it has basically three chances to fail before things are actually a problem. And by actually a problem, I mean feeds are slightly updated a little bit slower. But overall... What this will do is stop that periodic task from adding to the problem and give the queue time to flush out before normal feed parsing resumes. So that's the first problem. The second problem is feedback. And feedback is a little bit harder to solve with code. It's a lot easier to solve with design. So like I mentioned, Pine.blog has a feeds queue. It also has a management queue for anything that's managerial in nature. Things like sending those alerts to me. Like I don't want that to be blocked by anything else. So it goes in a separate queue. Or the task that runs every five minutes to add more things, that's in the management queue. There's also a payments queue and a timeline construction queue. Like I said, there's a user data handling queue. Like if a user wants to post something, there's a mentions queue, all kinds of different queues. And for a long time, I had that number of queues fairly small because I didn't think I really needed very many. And I kind of grouped everything logically, like, oh, did this deal primarily with user data or was it primarily about fetching feeds or things like that? But I found out one day that this was actually causing me a huge problem because the feeds queue had gotten backed up and the timelines queue was also getting backed up because lots of new things were being discovered and, and they needed to be added to user timelines. But there wasn't a dedicated timelines queue, so this was all going in the users queue. At the time, there also wasn't a dedicated management queue. And so all of these management tasks in my head were relating to users because I was updating their subscriptions. So they all 
all were in the user queue. What this meant was, when I went to prioritize the feed parsing queue, it started adding more and more things onto the user queue, because new posts were being discovered and needed to be added to people's timelines. However, if I paused the feeds queue and started flushing out the user queue by having it run, it was occasionally encountering one of these tasks that says, go pop a bunch of stuff onto the feeds queue, which would then pop stuff back onto the user queue, which would then cause things to be pushed back onto the feeds queue, back onto the user queue, and so so on and so forth. And so there wasn't actually a really easy way without deleting tasks, which would cause data loss, for me to flush these tasks out, because each of the queues was backing up onto each other. And that's what I mean by feedback. Flushing out one queue had an adverse effect on another, which had an adverse effect on the queue you were flushing out. So actually making the feeds queue run faster would cause the feeds queue to become more backed up, which is obviously a problem. The only way to solve that at that point without deleting tasks was to increase the number of servers. Like I needed more throughput to solve that problem and also to stop the periodic tasks from adding more things. That's why today I have a bunch of dedicated queues and I try to, whenever I'm adding tasks or organizing what queue they should go on, to keep things linear. So for example, the management tasks never add stuff to the management queue and they never add anything to another queue that adds back to the management queue. So there's no reversal at any point. So in general, management adds to users or to feeds, users and feeds adds to timelines, etc. So it's always one way. And that has solved the feedback problem of now I can flush out the user queue by adding a bunch of capacity to that specific queue. It can go a lot faster, but it won't back up onto itself, which can cause really big problems. I haven't had that problem in a long time because I fixed it fairly early on, but that was one of the more harrowing evenings working on Pinetype Blog, was adding a bunch of capacity to one queue only to watch the problem get worse. And that's what I mean when I say distributed systems and distributed computing like this can actually get really difficult and counterintuitive because making it go faster was making the problem worse. Overall, these problems are, they can be complex and they can definitely solve, be solved by adding a lot more servers. But when you're trying to keep costs down, uh, you start encountering these problems as you don't want to add new servers. But I found that a, an overall design paradigm of saying queues must, the progression of tasks onto queues must go only one direction. You can only go from one queue to another to a different one, never from A to B to A again. And then also having the system be kind of self-watching, looking at its own limits and its own current status and deciding whether it's going to add more things or if it's going to take a break for a second. Those kind of two self-referential habits and techniques have really helped me wrangle distributed systems. And granted, these only come in when you're dealing with complex workflows that where tasks delegate to tasks. Uh, so it's unlikely nine nines would have this sort of problem where there's just basically one task that does everything. But these kind of complex systems can get out of hand like that in ways you may not expect. That's all I wanted to talk about this week. If you have any questions or would like to talk about this a little bit further, I have learned a lot and I'd love to talk about it. So you can contact me via the email on the site, indiedevlife.fm. If you're interested in pre-ordering my book, Going Indie, A Complete Guide to Becoming an Independent Software Developer, you can do that on goingindie.tech. There's a bunch of links to IndieBound and to Amazon and to a bunch of other sites where you can pre-order the book. Amazon is, at time of recording, not listing the book for pre-order, even though the page is live. I'm not entirely sure why, but you can sign up for updates from from Amazon and they will tell you when the book comes into being available. Apparently Amazon does that for some indie publishers for a little while. I don't know why and there's nothing I can do about it, but you can sign up for alerts there. You can pre-order the book digitally on Apple Books today. You can review it on Goodreads and if you have any questions about the book, feel free to ask a question on Goodreads. I will be answering the questions that come in from there. And as always, if you like the show, please consider giving it a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps a lot.